0: Hello everyone, this is Bill After, and I just finished taping an episode of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler or Tyler and Mike. They're brilliant hosts. You've got to listen, you've got to see. Count it out. Yeah, I endorse it. They've got the after chat seal of approval. This is Wildcat Chris Harris, one half of America's Most Wanted. You're listening to Count It Out with Tyler and Mike.
1: Well, we are live, pals, and welcome to another edition of the Bill After Sealed of Approve, counted out with insert name here because Micah's still on maternity leave. And this week we went to one of the best guys in the roster, Coca Cola Coca Cola Content. Con, I always say your last name wrong. It's my gimmick. That's okay. Most Con, people do. Coton? Say yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. Well, I yeah. got the nickname right at least. I remember that.
2: Actually, you didn't, but that's okay. <laughs> I thought you were Coke. Oh, you're Coke Zero. Coke Zero, Compton. Oh. Watching my calories these days, but because you know we're kicking it old school today, why don't I be Coca-Cola Classic, Compton? Oh,
1: <laughs> I love it. How about I go like this? Uh, we are joined by our Impact Wrestling correspondent. How about that? I like that? That's good.
2: And I'm like going to leave your
1: last name out of it, Adam. What's going on, man? Thank you so much for jumping on.
2: Uh, my pleasure man and what's going on is I'm pumped it's Anniversary weekend baby that's right and, uh, you know for Impact fans like myself uh, this is one of the biggest weekends of the year probably second only to bound for glory for some for me personally Anniversary is the top pay-per-view of the Impact calendar year as far as I'm concerned so for me this is the uh, you know that version of that other shows kind of two day weekend thing that they do. Uh, But it's better because it's impact wrestling.
1: Yeah, for for those of you that are listening that aren't maybe not the hugest impact fans and I recommend that you shame stick around. You first yeah, well, first foremost. of all, shame on you cuz Impact Wrestling really is putting on the best product. I I do believe and and I'm an AEW guy as well and and you know, I do enjoy WWE still, but I think Impact is week to week doing the best product. Uh, Slamoversheet to me is kind of like their SummerSlam if you're a WWE fan, right? It's like the second biggest event that they do. I think Bound for Glory is kind of like the WrestleMania. Is that fair to say?
2: I mean, like I said, for, for a lot of people, they make that comparison. For me, I feel like they're switched. But, hey, you know, there's a lot of people out there that feel like the Royal Rumble is WWE's best pay-per-view of the year, too. So, hey, to each their own.
1: Absolutely. The the good thing about all that is, is that we're spoiled with great wrestling everywhere right now in the world.
2: Hell yeah, especially uh, this Sunday. Even if you're not an Impact fan, if you want to just check them out, you want to give them a taste, this is the show to do it at because it is not just their biggest pay per view of the year, but it's a celebration of 20 years. It is literally 20 years to the day that they are putting on oh, this wow. pay per view. It is the same date, June 19th, 2002, was the first ever TNA Impact or the TNA pay per view uh, from Huntsville, Alabama, and uh, where they crowned Ken Shamrock as their NWA World Champion. And this Sunday, we're going to see who leads Impact into the next generation, uh, between Josh Alexander and Eric young. And, uh, speaking of Josh Alexander and Eric young, I'm going to do steal a little segue from you there, Tyler. Uh, you had a chance to talk to those two guys very recently, didn't you?
1: That's right. Uh, part of the impact, uh, uh press pass that they do. Uh, I, I was very lucky to sit down with Josh Alexander with Eric Young and D'Lo Brown as well, who uh, has given me a new name. Uh, John Atlas isn't the only person calling me a different name on Counted Out this week. Uh, what do you think? Um, we're going we're gonna to maybe throw to that right now?
2: I want to hear it, man. So yeah, let's play it.
1: All right, we're going to go ahead. We're going to throw to my, my very brief conversation as part of the Impact Press with uh, the main event of the upcoming pay-per-view with Josh Alexander and Eric Young.
2: And my first question coming up is count out with Mike and
3: Taylor. Gentlemen, welcome in. What's your question? And who you got it for?
1: Hey, guys, can you hear me? All right? Yes, we can. Awesome Dilo. Thank you so much. Uh, just before I ask my questions, I can see your shirt and the counted out podcast, we do recognize much respect for everything you've done in the business, sir. Appreciate um, you. Thank you. So I have a quick question for both you guys. Uh, Josh, I'll start with you. First things first. Congratulations. Uh, on your new uh, championship win now that you are the world champion and one of the biggest wrestling companies in the world with 20 years of history behind it how much pressure and responsibility are you putting on yourself to be a leader in the company and help the growth of the viewership are you looking at tv and pay-per-view numbers a little bit differently now or you just kind of going business as usual and letting your in-ring work continue to speak for itself I mean, I, I certainly feel the pressure as like the acting figurehead, as the world champion, as the first person people look to for all those things. Uh, but it's it's honestly, it's out of my control. I can only control what I can control. And that's what I do in that ring. That's what I do on television week in, week out. And that's why I said earlier with D'Lo, like every time I step in the ring, you're going to get the same Josh Alexander. You're going to get 100% of everything I have all the effort, everything, every time. And uh, I think that's why I'm in the position I'm in now. I think I'm a world champion because I'm so dependable and I'm so consistent and all those other things. But like I said, those other things
3: are out of my control.
1: Perfect. And Eric, real quick for you, um, with the success of Violent by Design over the last couple of years speaks for itself. You can really feel the passion and the believability in what you you three are doing. I was wondering if you could kind of take us back to the creative origins for Violent by Design and just uh, like, was this an idea that you always had how hands-on have you been with the uh, creative and what's your experience creatively with impact wrestling compared to other places that you may have worked in the past
3: uh violent by design i mean obviously i think anything in wrestling uh that's successful uh it's a collaboration right it's not one person's idea or you know a single person dictating I, i think all the best stuff is done collaboratively and uh VBD was definitely done collaboratively. Um, You know, there was lots of uh, discussions about who would it be and who would be in the group and, and what I thought was right. And, uh, you know, very hands-on with Scott and all the people in management of, you know, the picking the music and uh, the vignettes that Eric Tompkins and Dave Zahadi, the ideas that they had and the verbiage, um, all the, the, the creative side. And that's for me, is the biggest drug in wrestling, uh, you know, obviously the big being performing in the ring, like that's a, uh, that's an irreplaceable drug to me. Um, it, it can't be duplicated. Uh, but the creative side of it has always been my favorite part. Um, you know, you know, for lack of a different word, is manipulating people and and convincing them that this is the person that I am and this is what I believe. And I think uh, me and and Joe and Cody and the entire team at Impact have done a really good job. You know, it's a VBD is a huge part of the show, uh, has been a huge part of the show from day one and, and will continue to be. And for me, I mean, it is selfish, but like I, the honest truth is I feel like we're just scratching the surface with what it can be. Uh, and the idea behind it and we've touched on it some uh some of the the you know the origin story and what it's really about and uh it, it can go as deep as we want it to and that's what's exciting to me um and, and obviously you know being um in a group with two people that you love and respect uh cody Deaner i've known for well over 20 years and joe i've known uh for for a long time as well i can remember him first coming around bcw working shows for scott years and years ago and uh, obviously not as, uh, as close with him as I am with Cody, but uh, Joe has quickly become one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. And I get to stand ringside and watch him just do things that nobody else is doing uh, with a physical style that nobody else is doing and a, just a way of being that can't be duplicated. So it's a, uh, it's a really cool point in my, my career. And I, I said this in an interview earlier today is I'm having the most fun I've ever had in wrestling ever and Scott Damore and and the the staff and Anthem sports have created a very special place. And I'm not again, trying to talk for Josh, but I I know I've read and seen things that he's saying, and he's just signed a new contract and is here full time because of this environment. And it is, it is singular. And I've worked in a lot of places and I can tell you, it is not like this anywhere else. And the grass is not greener on the other side. Uh, i I'm just ultra proud and ultra happy to be exactly where I am.
1: I appreciate the time guys. As someone who's a Toronto boy through and through, I've watched both you guys my entire life growing up. Uh, Can't wait for the show on Sunday. You're doing all of us proud in Ontario, especially representing coming up through the indie scene. So thanks guys. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. That is your main event coming up. I I can't wait. Uh, You know, from being a fan of independent wrestling, uh, the the parallels, and we'll get into this in a little bit. I don't want to get too much into it now, but the parallels between Josh and, and Eric uh, coming up through the scene is almost identical. These guys at both at one time were considered to be the king of Ontario independent wrestling, and we're going to really break down that match in a little bit. But first, we're not done with the Impact Wrestling treats. What? You, my friend are like the, you're like Scott Hall this week because you're taking over. You're like the Stevie Richards uh, from you're taking over, count it out because you had a uh, chance.
2: Just like Scott Hall, you don't know who I am.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But we do know why you're here impact wrestling right
2: that's true that's true
1: you had a chance to to help us out which we really appreciate and uh you had a really fun and entertaining conversation with gail kim uh, it has been posted on our youtube page all week however we're gonna throw it on here just in case you haven't uh, headed over and, and check that out yet so um what do you think man you want to let the people know about your chat with gail
2: This was an incredible encounter. Uh, It was a true highlight for me as a fan and uh, as a a podcaster. So I don't want to wait any longer. Let's go to the audio and uh, let's hear it.
1: All of us proud in Ontario, especially representing coming up through the indie scene. So thanks, guys.
2: Appreciate it, man. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor and absolute privilege to be sitting here speaking with uh, a genuine legend in the business in every sense of the word seven time that's a record people impact <laughs> knockout world's champion and hall of famer for impact wrestling the amazing gail kim gail
0: welcome to count it out thank you for having me it's an honor for me to be here
2: let's kick it off sunday yeah. june 19th slam Anniversary, live on ppv.com and fight an event celebrating 20 years of Impact Wrestling. As someone who's been a mainstay with the company for many of those 20 years, explain what it means to be celebrating two decades of a company that many in the business laughed off and didn't think would last 20 days, let alone 20 years.
0: Yeah, I've been, you know, part of this company, obviously 15 of those 20 years. uh, I just, figured it out today I was like wow I have been here for 12 consecutive years and obviously I'm very invested in this company for a reason and you know just like you said it's always been kind of a roller coaster and I feel like we've always been kind of the underdog of pro wrestling always and we've always come through we're here 20 years later and I'm so proud we've been through many management um you know regimes and I've seen so many talent come in and out and You know, more than anything, I've always felt that camaraderie amongst our roster, our whole team and the current roster and our leadership is of no exception in that time. I think I've been, I'm probably the happiest I've ever been, you know, except of course there are years of me being a talent, but this is a whole new chapter for me and great things are happening just in general for women, not just in the ring, but now in office positions, you know, what we call the office. Um, But there's now like a Madison Rain coming into full, Christy Hemi coming into the pool. There's, you know, people who are really giving a different voice. You know, there's always, we're always trying to prove ourselves, prove ourselves that we belonged in this male dominated business. And it's becoming almost a norm in a sense. And I love the direction we're heading in. Uh, me too. As a longtime fan, yeah. it's awesome to see
2: the product that Impact is putting out week after week, month after month. It's incredible. And we're going to come back to your producer role in just a little yeah. bit. But I do want to quickly talk about, you know, how why you feel it's important that we have more women like a Madison Rain or yourself in some of these backstage producer roles. What is their significance towards the product?
0: You know, uh, Mickey actually just stated this yesterday, and I completely agree with this, um, that Sometimes, you know, when you have a male voice speaking for a woman, it's kind of different. You know, I can never begin to understand how a man <laughs> thinks, you know, I can try to guess. And that's what it is, you know, and when you see the lens of a woman through a woman's mouth or eyes or what they're feeling, it's completely different. And I think they've always done a great job. And now they're they're in a, the men are basically propping us up and supporting us to be in these positions where we can give a genuine authentic um point of view from us that is real and i think fans resonate with that you know it's like when someone's not truly their authentic self or they're playing a character maybe that is not something they're comfortable with fans pick up on that they really pick up on that they know you're uncomfortable so they don't genuinely connect and I think that's an important thing and Impact Wrestling has always been a great place a platform for those who may not have gotten opportunities or or opportunities or have been authentic in their career and you know for me personally that's been my journey and that's when I connected with the fans when I was given that opportunity to show that I'm so passionate about the sport of wrestling especially because that's what I fell in love with being in that ring and and performing for the fans and giving them compelling matches and story, uh, storytelling.
2: Let's talk about some of those compelling matches and stories that you've told a mm-hmm. uh, huge part of the company's history. So tell us about some of your personal favorite contributions to impact wrestling mm-hmm. over the last 20 years, uh, maybe a hidden gem fans can discover or rediscover on impact plus or over on the yeah. Impact insiders YouTube channel.
0: I think, uh, The one that's going to be probably unexpected, sorry, is Awesome Kong. Of course, you know, that was the very beginning of our women's division, the knockouts division. So we didn't know what it was going to be. We're just happy that we got this knockouts division off the ground and got a title in there, brought in essentially 10 girls that were added uh, to this already, maybe tiny little four or five girls that were in this company and not all in wrestling roles because there was like SoCal Val, you know, people who didn't necessarily contribute in the ring but had personalities and they gave a, a position for everyone and everyone uh just like today you know we have a maria Canellis we have people who are really good in the ring um but that that would probably be you know the final resolution uh with awesome Kong a no DQ match that was the first time I in my opinion I experienced magic what we call in our business where um those moments can be rare it's very lucky I in my mind fortunate to experience that so I never knew if I'd have it again and I had that again with Taryn Terrell um last knockout standing match was another one that people didn't expect and you know um it was incredible to be able to, both those matches, it was, you know, if you watch those matches back and by the end of it, the fan reaction in both of them is what we call for from rest, a wrestler's point of view where we had them in the palm of our hand. And it's just magical to experience that, to have that feeling of energy from the fans and you just got them, as we say. Um, A ladder match for Taryn after that as well, I have to say is on my top three as well. Um, And I would say the last one that comes to mind for me is my final match in my career. And that was against Tessa Blanchard. So, you know, there's been some special moments um, match quality wise, because that's what I care about is um, the body of my work is you know because some people care about other things what they want to accomplish in the business it could be anything from money to matches to character work and everything like that but for me i want people to have everlasting memories of what i created in that ring and for people to come to me and talk about those matches to this day is unbelievable well
2: you're going to get another one of those unbelievable moments right now because i was in attendance at the rebel complex for you and Tessa Blanchard with you Mike were. at Rebellion. And it yeah. was, you want to talk about making it real and when it, you can feel it, it's real. We felt it that night. It was an amazing matchup. Please don't just take it from the, the lady herself. Take it from a fan's perspective as well. Yeah. Go out of your way to watch that one again. Impact Plus, YouTube Ultimate Insiders. That's the way to go. Now, when you were actively wrestling, you were heralded as a revolutionary someone who pushed the knockouts division forward from an in-ring standpoint. But since hanging up the boots, you've managed to continue elevating women's wrestling and impact from behind the curtain. Tell us about your role yes. backstage and something about the transition from wrestler mm-hmm. to producer that you
0: weren't expecting. Oh, I mean, I think most people would think cause we know the wrestling business so well, you know or I knew wrestling that it would just be a snap, you know, so easy. It's actually a very, I know wrestling, but being in that role as a producer is completely different. Um, It was a new challenge for me, something I could start from the ground up again, where I had to learn, because I'm going to be honest, when, when I started thinking about retirement, there was a lot of questions I had to ask myself. And one of them was, uh, what do I, what's my next goal? in that ring? What do I want to accomplish next? And I really, I, I couldn't answer it. I really couldn't because I had accomplished the hall of fame by that point. And that was really the icing on the cake. And so I said, hmm, you know, I do, the girls were already coming to me after they go to the producer and asking me my advice. And I knew they respected my opinion. And I just loved teaching, uh, passing on the knowledge that I got to learn from other wrestlers along the way or, or other people who were teaching me and it was a natural progression and so I went to Jeff Jarrett and I just said hey you know I would love to become a producer and he was the one that gave me my first opportunity and gave me that ball at To be in a women's division, he created that division, uh, along with other people like Dixie Carter and Scott Demore. they were all part of that process. And so he gave me that opportunity. I have so much to be grateful for Jeff, you know, to be honest. Um, And I will always be grateful and appreciative. And I remember saying to him, "Okay, can I shadow one of the other producers so I can learn, you know, cuz I know I don't know this position." Um and he said, "Yeah, sure." And uh they threw me on a live pay-per-view. <laughs> it was crazy. And I was like, "Whoa, okay." Felt like I did all over again being thrown into WWE, um, you know, and winning the title. It was like a kind of a same situation happening here of being thrown to the wolves in a sense, but I truly believe that's the fastest way to learn, uh, making those mistakes and, you know, learning from those mistakes and I'm okay with that. And of course you continue
2: to make history, recently announcing first time ever matchup at Slammiversary, Queen yes. of the Mountain, yeah. four former Impact Knockouts World Champions, Deanna Perrazzo, Jordan Grace, Chelsea Green, Mia Yim, and the defending champion, Tasha Steels in one of Impact's most unique yeah. signature matches. Now, was this something that's been in the works for a while or did it all come together as a perfect storm of timing and talent?
0: Um, I would say it was a perfect storm. I'm not part of the creative team and I think a lot of people have the misconception that I know everything that's going on because there's a lot of moving parts within a wrestling company. Um, Sometimes I don't know what's going on creatively. And so I was told I was going to announce the match, which was really exciting. But I think the lead up to that really was You know, the ultimate X match, the first time the knockouts had that ultimate X match, those girls, they saw the structure going up for the guys at a TV taping. And they were, they essentially went to Scott and said, we want to have this match. And, you know, Scott never doubts the girls, but he's like, you know, it's a high risk match. You need a lot of upper body strength. Can you guys all, can we find the number of girls we need for this match? And all the girls just started climbing it to show that they could do it. I mean, listen, they fought for that match and they got it. And then once they delivered, they didn't have to fight for this match. It was like Slammiversary 20 is coming. It's an important pay-per-view. Let's, they they just trusted them. They said, let's give them this match. And so um, it's getting easier and easier, you know, uh, as these things come along. And someone had just told me today, that they interviewed Tasha Steeles and she said she never, she wants to do lockdown. I was like, Oh, that's so interesting. Cause I never got to do ultimate X. I never got to do queen of the mountain because those are almost a step up in terms of, you know, steel cage matches have been done. And they're almost kind of going back to the simple, you know, things that have been done because they haven't experienced that. So it's very cool um, that the girls are doing everything the guys are doing. Let's kind of talk about that a little bit. We got Knockouts Tag Team Championship,
2: Knockout Wins Wrestler of the Year. We get an All Knockouts Impact Plus event, first ever Knockouts Ultimate X match on the same night that the Knockouts World Championship is the main event on pay-per-view, followed by the Knockouts Champion entering the Royal Rumble. (laughs) And now, Queen of the Mountain, June 19th at Slammiversary. The Knockouts division has moved forward at a breakneck pace the last two years. It begs the question, what ceilings are left for this division to smash through? What barriers are left
0: to break? I, I don't know what that answer is exactly, but, you know, I've been asking, a lot of people asking me that would like, what's the next thing for females? And I said, it's not necessarily um, about the women in the ring and doing all those things, because we know they can do that. What we're just talking about, having other women being in management positions to be able to have another Lens, you know, because it's always been a very ma- male-dominated way in how they translate what a woman would feel or think or say, and so they did, you know, a pretty good job. But I think it, it just expands our horizons in terms of what we can do creatively. You know, think outside the box and just go down more avenues, essentially. And I think it's great. And eventually, you know, I brought this up in the past. I would love for you know, women are getting paid. Um, much better now, for sure. Um, but I still think we can work in that area, and we can um, make it so it's essentially a normal thing. Uh, if a woman is going to main event a huge pay per view, I think she should get paid the same amount as a man. That's going to. I mean, event I'll tell
2: you <laughs> something. When I'm ordering a pay per view from Impact, if I'm going to see them live, the knockouts yeah. are the ones getting my dollars. So, yeah, you know, it's a big Thank reason you. why fans like myself are watching every Thursday on Mm -hmm. access or fight network here in Canada or worldwide on YouTube. You have, you you find yourself in a unique position of having been part of this division for the better part of these 20 years. So what is it about this current crop of knockouts that sets them apart from not only their
0: predecessors, but from other companies, women's divisions? I, I mean, listen, when I started out, I was looking up to a small group of women, the Trishas, the Le- uh, Lisa, I call her Victoria, Lita's, all these people, Molly Holly's. And that was like a small group of girls. And then they inspired this next generation who is me and, and the knockouts. And then I always hear from uh, the girls who are in the locker room now. We wanted to be knockouts. We watched you guys because you guys were doing something. We had women's wrestling for years before it really became popular again. And so. Now these girls are inspiring. There's hundreds of girls out there. There's so much talent out there. It's incredible. And I hear the same thing. We want to be a knockout, want to be a knockout because you know, this company has always utilized. If you're on our roster, you're going to be utilized, you know, and girls know that and they see that there's so many talent. We have about 20 girls right now and they're all talented. Everybody, of course, everybody likes this open door, forbidden door kind of thing. And, but we don't even need that because we have such a deep roster right now that um, when people say, I want to see, you know, say Deanna face Brick Baker. I'm like, well, Deanna hasn't faced everyone in our locker room yet. And those will be incredible matches in itself. Um, so I think that that's great. And I mean, I think it was one of the pay-per-views maybe two months ago, we had four knockouts matches on the pay-per-view between the pre-show and the actual pay-per-view. I was like, that's incredible. And I, I just, love that it's such a great feeling because i obviously love wrestling in general but i have my heart towards women's wrestling in a a, a lot of ways right yeah
2: and completely understandable you know we have yeah. shown the ladies a lot of love during this interview but i do want to quickly touch on one last thing which is the main event of slam a ton there's a great match to look forward to but i do want to talk about the main event specifically Impact World Champion Josh Alexander defends his title against the leader of Violent by Design, Eric Young. Mm-hmm. It's the marquee match, and it's meant to honor both where Impact has been and showcase yes. where it's going. Possibly the Absolutely. most important main event in Impact history, and it's got two Canadians in it. Yeah! As a fellow Canadian yes, exactly that has makes you feel at least a small sense of pride. Why do you think wrestling is so important to us here in the Great White North?
0: a large sense of pride i mean i always say canadians it's in the water you know we have the best wrestlers out there um we just have yeah we just love wrestling and you know ey is just eric i always call him ey eric young uh because that's i've known him since the beginning of my career that guy is a machine to this day Uh, I was just talking about how the fact that him and Chris Jericho were the two wrestlers that went about 20 years without an injury. Right. And then they both kind of got injured around the same time in the same year, I believe, but they both bounced back so quick and they both still got it. You know, EY still got it. So if we're going from the past and have a generation clash and see who's, you know, who's better, I really don't know who's going to win. Well, the fans are going to win out of this. That's a definite, definite, um for sure because they're just incredible workers the two of them so i'm expecting a five star match um you know something that i will be blown away from but i did tell them i told josh it's like well the girls are gonna try to steal the show though so you know you got some competition all the more reason to tune in sunday
2: june 19th 20 years of impact wrestling slammiversary ppv.com and fight gail i can keep you here all day but i know you've got a very (laughs) busy schedule you You are as in demand as impact is right now so (laughs) thank you so much for joining us on counted out hopefully we'll have you back again someday enjoy the 19th don't forget to celebrate and uh, show them the canucks know how to party as well as fight exactly thank you so much for having me
1: all right man adam home run i thought you and gail kim have like were lifelong friends after listening to that
2: I think we are. Honestly, I think now I'm just going to call her up and I'm just going to be like, hey, Gail, what's going on? You want to uh, you want to hang out? I got a pizza password. If you want to use it, uh, we'll just uh, grab a s- slice. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I think it's the Canadian thing. I think it's just a fellow Canucks and fellow wrestling fans. If you're a Canadian wrestling fan, you just have this thing where, like, you know, I'll give you a great example. I was doing groceries last weekend and there was this guy we, we do the uh, the curbside pickup and there was a guy in the spot next to me not next to me excuse me across from me and he walked out to go around to his trunk and he had a Samoa Joe t-shirt on and I had my impact hat on and I just gave him a look and he just you know gave me the nod back a bad and was nod? Like, that's right man Canadian wrestling fans we know
1: absolutely <laughs> absolutely uh, I will tell you uh, a couple of our, our other colleagues from counted out and some friends of ours reached out to me and, and they wanted me to let you know what a great job you did with Gail oh, and I you. absolutely agree with it so uh uh fantastic stuff man and and i think that we shouldn't waste any more time
2: now wait a second wait a second I, that's very kind of you to say that a lot of colleagues reached out to you but what did rob think that's the only one that matters here what did I, rob think of the interview <laughs> we
1: will find out as soon as rob messages me and i know he will and we love you rob that that's it if rob gives you the thumbs up then then we'll invite you back in again all right
2: uh, okay all right that's a deal that's a deal
1: <laughs> uh so, yeah, I think, it, uh, I think it's time that we jump right in. And uh, what do you think? You want to get in? You want to run down this card a little bit?
2: I mean, look, we've been talking about Slammiversary nonstop. I've heard, you know, Alexander talk about it. Young talk about it. Kim talk about it. I want to talk about Slammiversary. God darn it.
1: Well, and you also have a list to get to as well, too, Absolutely. right? So we're, uh, we're all Impact Wrestling this week. Uh, you're gonna We're count
2: taking over.
1: <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be counting down the top seven uh impact uh homegrown talent. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, homegrown heroes, baby. You gotta love oh. that alliteration
1: absolutely well um you know we'll run down uh, some of the marquee matches on the card here well you know we won't go into great detail on everything but uh we us talk about new. who we
2: think's gonna win some expectations you know yeah absolutely stuff fans like to talk about
1: i actually want to start on the pre-show though believe it or not and oh yeah that, so you know, do i something i'm really <laughs> excited and really happy that they're doing is that uh, they're <laughs> bringing back the reverse battle royal and i you love the way TV. that they're marketing this they're marketing it as Well, for some very 20 years, not everything we did was a home run. I think this is genius.
2: I think this is going to be really entertaining. Me too. And, you know, I was curious if they were going to do a gauntlet for the gold, kind of, or like a call your shot type of battle royal to get everybody else on the card. But, you know, they did a gauntlet to set up the main event. And the call your shot thing has kind of become a bound for glory thing. So I wasn't sure they were going to do. This is an absolutely fantastic way to get everybody on the card in a fun way that also honors the past i love that they're being tongue-in-cheek about it but look as i said on your anniversary show and as i said the last time i was on here talking about impact wrestling i don't think the reverse battle royal was that bad <laughs> i mean it's a silly concept yes but you know what impact wrestling has always been about innovating and taking risks and they did that and honestly if you watch the first one the first one is pretty silly Go back and watch the second one. It's not that bad. Honest, if you just sit back with some popcorn and enjoy it, and be like, hey, I know that guy. Hey, I know that guy. That's a cool spot. I think you're going to have a good time with it. And I think it's a good way to have a lot of fun on the card.
1: What I think is really good about it is the way that they're marketing it, though. Because um, I, I do think that the first time around, it was, a, it was a big miss. But the fact that they're marketing it as a joke now makes me want to watch this even more. Because I think they're going to cater it to being an entertaining instead of you know serious repercussions for a reverse battle royal. I think this is gonna be awesome. I think this is gonna be really fun. And it's actually like in my top three matches that I'm looking forward to on the card.
2: That's fantastic. I love that idea. And I mean what a great way to introduce people, right? You know, Impact Wrestling as we always used to joke about it, you know, the murder mystery uh wrestling promotion and like I mean there is an innate silliness to some of the stuff that impact does but at the same time that's kind of what makes it awesome. Like I love Wrestle House. I'm going to remember Wrestle House more than I am a lot of gimmicks and angles that I've seen in quote-unquote serious wrestling mm-hmm. uh, in the last 20 years. You know, I love the Undead Realm stuff. Let's be honest, you know, the Broken Hardy stuff was initiated in Impact Wrestling, and it became one of the most, you know, um, uh, imitated match styles, uh, especially during the pandemic. Like, And you don't get those big highs without taking the risks and rolling the dice. And I love that they're honoring that as well. Now, I I, I will say this. If you think about it as kind of like a fun thing, a jokey thing, I'll say this, though. The guy that I'm pegging to win this, and of course, as of this recording, the participants have yet to be announced. I think the person who's going to win it is no joke whatsoever. I think this is going to be a way to showcase Steve Macklin. And I think Macklin's going to be your big winner.
1: That's not bad. I'm hoping that uh, guys like Johnny Swinger get a spot here just because, you know, like, oh, like yeah. the comedy stuff. I would not be surprised to see a Shark Boy participation in a match like yeah. this.
2: I think I, we're definitely going to have some names from the past show up I think as so. a little homage as well. Let's keep our fingers
1: crossed for D-Ray 3000, right?
2: Oh, yeah, baby. As he used to say, cops is the shit. And that's only a <laughs> joke for three people out there, but those three people are going to love me for it.
1: <laughs> well, let's uh, if the other pre-show match. We'll just touch on it really quick. Rich Schwann against Brian Myers. <laughs> Uh, unfortunate injury to Matt Cardona I love yeah. the way that they've gone about this digital media championship uh, here where Cardona lost the belt but is refusing he's he's took it and given it to Myers instead so fun little fun little stipulation uh, going into this match
2: now come on you're going to tell me with the kind of history that Cardona has uh, has given us where he's often imitated his favorite moments and matches and angles from history you're going to tell me that there is any chance whatsoever that we don't get a double title ladder match, a la Shawn and Razor, when he gets back against Rich Swan? Come I, on!
1: I think they're onto something here. Yeah. That's yeah. where they're
2: going with it, and baby. I am all in on that. Just look, you say Rich Swan ladder match, ticket sold right there. But then you add Cardona into it. Yeah, man, I'm there. So easy pick for me. Swan's going to retain, and he's going to uh, he's going to take his belt back, and then uh, Cardona will show up with his own version. I or maybe he'll, put up, maybe he'll put up the internet title and it'll be a double. double oh, okay, okay.
1: Well, I definitely hope that uh, if that ladder match does happen, that Cardona has enough left in the tank to get his ass kicked by Rory Fox. But that's a different story for a different podcast because we love that's us one. some Rory Fox around here. Um, real quick, let's talk about the Knockouts Tag Team Championship. we got the influence, Madison Rayne and Tennille Dashwood, who... Quite frankly, have been having a great little run as the champions here. I think they—they're kind of like the little unsung, uh, underrated uh, um, duo in Impact Wrestling right now. I'm really enjoying their work. Uh, You got the reunited Rosemary and uh, Taya Valkyrie here, which I like that they're back together. I think this is going to be a fine match.
2: I got to tell you, I love Decay. I'm a big fan of Rosemary and Havoc as a team, but boy, oh boy, you should have seen the smile on my face when Taya Valkyrie came down to the ring. And stood next to Rosemary. Those two together are one of my favorite odd couples in wrestling history. So the fact that they're back together has my heart just a- palpitated, And that's not just because of all the beauty in the ring. Uh, it's because of the action that's going to be in there. I love that Madison Rain is going to be a part of this card. She deserves it. And she's been an integral part of Impact's 20 years. Rosemary is one of the uh, mainstays of Impact. She's been there for uh, a long, long time now, close to a decade. And, you know, Taya, I think, is one of their greatest champions of all time. Uh, Tanil is one of their top talents. This is going to be a great match. I think people are going to sleep on it, and they're going to be shocked by how good it is. As for who's going to win, I got to go with my my heart on this one, and I, I want Rosemary and Taya to win the belts, have a great big moment, and and reunite those two, and we can get back to some of those fantastic sk- sketches that they were, <laughs> were doing before uh, valkyrie got incarcerated
1: yeah you know it feels like a good time for a title change here i think these two are the right to do it i think they will provide that entertainment on the tv so i'm all for you on this one going to complete opposite you mentioned the beauty in the ring well there's going to be nothing beautiful about another tna staple match the monsters ball match sammy callahan and moose moose is coming off losing the the championship he's going to be fired up sammy's return to the company these guys are going to beat the hell out of each other
2: yeah, this one's going to be entertaining as all get out. Both guys accomplished impact wrestling mainstays and uh, top tier talent in terms of who's going to walk away from this one uh, victorious. I'm actually going to give this one to Moose. I think that Moose has taken uh, or has given a lot to Sammy over the last couple of weeks. It has been nonstop Callahan domination, which I think is great to reintroduce him and show him as a threat. But I think if anything, Moose has proven over the last six months that when it comes to clutch time. He's always there to pull some sort of dirty trick out of his bag and, uh, and score the victory in a Monsters ball. I think this match is more suited for him than even Sammy Callahan realizes. So I'm Moose Nation on this one.
1: I think Moose needs to win more as, over Sammy as well. I know it's Sammy's first program back in a long time, but Sammy to me has like the Chris Jericho gene where it doesn't matter if he wins or loses because his He's character bolter. is so over. With Moose, so Moose is really a guy that, that is a, a top-notch, main event, upper echelon, special player. And I think losing to Sammy here would would really derail a lot of that. So I, I'm with you again on this one.
2: Yep, I agree,
1: 100%. And, you know, let's talk about uh, a match that I, I'm really looking forward to again. And I, I'm going to say this almost at every match, but uh, Honor No More, 10-man tag, got Eddie Edward, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO, and Vincent Going against the Impact Originals, what a great time to do this match. You got Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, Frankie Gazarian, and two mystery opponents. Now, to me, I think that there's four guys that I've got this narrowed down to. I think, I think the best choice would be America's Most Wanted, I think would be really great to put in here. I would also like to see maybe Triple X. As well, if you put Daniels and, and Loki in there and it's kind of cool because you have that connection with uh, with Kaz as well. Right. So I, I, I'm pretty happy if they give me any of those four guys. Do you, do you think who, who's your prediction for who gets in that spot?
2: I'm also going with AMW. I think that it makes the most sense. If it's not going to be AMW, I think James Storm is almost a lock hmm. just because he's done so much work with the company. Still in good graces. Um as and but and I don't know who else would be the other guy in there um it really could be anybody impact has had such a long storied history and of course with the wrestling business being what it is right now just because some guy signed to somewhere else just cuz someone's working for new japan or AEW or the NWA that doesn't mean anything at this point it just means well did you used to work for our company well okay come on in
1: yeah <laughs> absolutely home. and and you know like a lot of people are like well wwe is not going to let people in we saw mickey james in the royal rumble this year so you know it, it's and not they've of, made
2: deals with impact before
1: it's so not out, out of the guys. question to see yeah. a guy like abyss slide into this role maybe or you know what i mean like i don't think we're going to see a, a main event guy like aj styles or anything like that or and on aw side i don't think we're going to see a samoa joe come in there because they did the injury angle with him but i don't know i think i, I, think I, I show up I would have been all for Joe coming in, but I, I know they just shot an injury angle with them. So I think that would kind of take away from that. So that's the only reason why I say that. But
2: All right, let me, let me, let me throw two names out there for you that I, I'm kind of here to get, because they've been rumored. They've been talked about. First one's Kurt Angle.
1: Whoa. He just had, had double...
2: Really doing anything with anybody.
1: He just had double knee surgery, though.
2: Yeah, well, but he's a 10-man tag. You not have to do much. Just he's come on in anything. there, pull down the straps, put in an ankle lock. Fair, fair. And if you want my number one huge pop, uh, you know, heart of hearts, one that I want more than anything, I want The Last Outlaw. I want Double J Jeff Jarrett to show back up there because who would be more appropriate than the TNA original? The man that started it all. For him to come in, smash a couple guitars and win? Come on, man. That would be the ultimate.
1: That would be. I'm still
2: holding out hope that he shows up. Even if he doesn't show up to wrestle, if he just shows up to say a few words, give that man his flowers. Damn it, he deserves it after 20 years.
1: I I would love that if Jeff Jarrett is hidden, you'll get a huge mark out moment out of me. They're uh, literally maybe, in
2: his backyard. Come on, maybe,
1: hey, don't sleep on a guy like Bobby Roode either. If you're talking the WWE end, but but you give me Jeff Jarrett and James Storm, I think you're pretty happy. And yeah. if you want to really appease the crowd, give me Jeff Jarrett and. Uh, and
2: Jeremy Borash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was part of a successful tag team with Scott Steiner, who, you know, could be another guy that shows up for all we know. That's kind know. of the beauty of this. It's like so the 20, fun. The 20-year history of Tina has so many names attached to it that you really could be looking at anybody showing up. Um, I think it's both safe to assume that the originals are going to go over, right? I think that that's safe mm, to assume. I think so.
1: I, I think, think so.
2: They could throw a swerve and be like, they're going to really boost up honor no more. But I think that they're going to want to give us a feel good moment here. And I think it'll, you know, it's a nice way to honor them. So yeah, I'm going to go with the originals on this. Yeah,
1: I, I agree with that. Um, a match that's really piqued my interest for a lot of backstage reasons is the tag team title match between the Briscoes and, uh, and the Good Brothers. What is the status of the Good Brothers? Are they going to resign? Are they going to go elsewhere? I believe their contract is coming up any like within the month, right?
2: It's really a big question on a lot of fans' minds, myself included. Um, I hate to say this because I like the Good Brothers, but I think the Briscoes and a lot of the other tag teams in Impact have proven that we don't really need the Good Brothers around Impact Wrestling. I mean, they're good, and I like them. uh, But, you know, if they do decide to go elsewhere, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it. There's enough fresh tag teams in Impact right now that I don't think the tag team division would really hurt a lot from them taking a little break or or going away for a little bit before coming back. Um, That being said, like, you know, if if they're having a good time and making money with Impact, shoot, why not keep them on kind of thing? Uh, More importantly than that, my question is, why did the segment that aired on last Impact not be this match? Like, did you see the segment where the Good Brothers invaded the chicken farm? Unbelievable, eh? Why was this not the match on the pay-per-view? Because that is what I want. I want Jay Briscoe driving a pickup truck and Mark Briscoe swinging a piece of metal like a madman and just hooting and hollering. I want Papa Briscoe in there threatening the Good Brothers. I want them chasing chickens and telling one of the Briscoe's children that he was in the Tokyo Dome. That's what (laughs) I want, damn it.
1: Um, I, I will t- I will touch on the Briscoes a little bit, or not the Briscoes. Sorry, on the Good Brothers. Uh, I look at them and I agree and I disagree with you a little bit. I do agree with you that the Impact Tag Team Division are okay without the Briscoe or without the Good Brothers because it is a stacked division. However say what you want, love them or hate them. The good brothers are proven draws and people follow them. And I do think that, you know, we've seen guys like uh, Morrissey and uh, Jonah recently leave impact and yeah, it sucks to see those guys go, but the good brothers are needle movers. And I think them coming into impact wrestling brought a lot of new eyes to impact wrestling myself included. That's about the point where I jumped back on with impact wrestling. I was like, man, like, uh, signing a, a team a top-notch team like the like the good brothers who are world-renowned performers impact's not messing around anymore and I, I think having them on that roster with that bullet club connection i think is really beneficial for for impact
2: yeah i mean i can't argue that's a really good point and you know it really just comes down to are the numbers and the eyeballs and the dollars that they're bringing in worth the checks that they're cashing each and every month and unfortunately for you know, rabbit fans like you and I, we don't know that. Uh, we probably won't ever know that uh, until uh, there's a and shop episode or a and shop of mania where they drop it, you know, so um, win, lose or draw. It's going to be a great match Two yep, of the best yep. tag teams in the world today. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see this one. This one's going to get rough in a hurry. It's not going to be pretty, but it is going to be fun. going to be. Entertaining.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, real quick here. We'll bang oh, sorry. Through. Who's your
2: pick? <laughs> Sorry.
1: Uh, I think it's, I think you got to keep the belts on the briscoes here. I don't think, I don't think a title change has any favors for anybody unless, you know, um, I think Jay just had a baby that was premature. So maybe he needs some time off, but I mean, even still there, they're, they're going to do their tapings the next night for probably six weeks worth of impact. So I, I don't think it matters if they drop the titles at the pay-per-view, I would keep them on the briscoes.
2: Yeah, and I think the Briscoes got to get their win back from multiverse matches. Absolutely, so, yeah, I, and I'm they're fresh. The they're fresh play.
1: with Impact right now. There's a lot yeah. of matches, a lot of different angles you can go with the Briscoes, and you know the Good Brothers have been the better part of two years dominating that tag team division. I think it's time for the Briscoes to remind the wrestling world what they're all about.
2: Hell
1: yeah! Uh, let's talk about uh, another staple match, and and one that you spoke to Gail Kim about. We got the Queen of the Mountain match, Impact's Knockout Championship with Mickey James as special enforcer. Tasha yeah. Steele, Chelsea Green, Deanna Perrazzo, Jordan Grace, and Mia Yim. What is your take on the King of Mountain match?
2: I The like Queen it. of it, Mountain? The Queen of the Mountain in this case. I like the match. I think, you know, like a lot of things that TNA and Impact have done in the past, it was something that they just tried to make something different, something that hadn't been seen before. And I know some people kind of crap on it. They think it's convoluted or, you know, um, overbooked kind of match. But honestly, I like all the moving parts to it. I don't think it's so complicated you can't follow it. Go back and watch some of those matches. Like, they're not going to make a list of the greatest matches in Impact or TNA history. But I'll tell you one thing. They are really entertaining. They never, they're never boring. You know, you always feel like something's going on because there is always something going on. A lot of good stories can be told in there. And I think with this crop of women in the match, you've got some real, a real potential to be a show stealer contest, Mm -hmm. you know you gave these women an opportunity to do ultimate X and they damn near stole the show. If the rest of that card hadn't been so full of a plus material, I think they would have stolen the show. And now they're going to get another opportunity. Every wrestler who goes on after these ladies had better watch their back because they have got the opportunity there. Tasha steals, I think is the hungriest wrestler on the impact roster. I mean, every time she goes out, you can sense that she is out there just to shove it in everyone's faces. And not just from a character standpoint. I mean, like she wants to be the best mm-hmm. and you can tell she wants to be the best when she is out there. So um, mm-hmm. she is my pick. I Me think too. she is going to, she is going to continue to hold the championship after this match. I think that there is way more stories to be told with Tasha holding the championship. Uh, I could see them maybe putting it on Mia Yim as a kind of a, a big pop but i don't think they're going to go that direction i think they're going to want to let that story simmer and build a little bit i love that mickey james is there to add a little more nostalgia to it and uh add a little extra flavor or spice i don't see her getting involved directly with anything maybe i'll be wrong on that one but yeah i just think that this match is going to blow people away the talent involved with this is too good not for them to at least be a highlight of the show if not steal it all together and I think the Boricua badass is going to walk out still a champion.
1: I'm with you. I think I don't think it's time to take the belt off her at all. I think that she's got a lot to prove still, especially coming off that series of matches with Mickey James, where Mickey really put her over strong. Um, you got to keep pushing it, you know. Um, I'm not going to say that her title run hasn't been like blowing me away because it's just been good so far. But I think that we have not seen the best of what she has to offer as a knockouts champion.
2: I'll put this out there. I think if Tasha Steeles wins on Sunday, I think there is a strong case to be made that she is the best impact talent of 2022.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't argue that, man. I wouldn't argue that that.
2: beat Mickey James beat Rosemary turned back challenges from everybody she's faced so far certainly I I think she could be considered the most improved wrestler. Of yeah. The year.
1: Breakout. I was going to say at least breakout but, talent of the year, but for sure. honestly,
2: if she keeps putting on the performances she's putting on and winning the big matches, she's been winning. She's going to get my ballot for wrestler of the year this yeah. year. Like she has been, I think she's a real dark horse candidate for that overall. So yeah, she's the one to watch in my opinion.
1: I do think Mickey James will get involved also. I'm going to, Go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that we're going to see a heel turn from either um, Jordan Grace or Mia Yim, and, and set something up with Mickey.
2: I don't think so. I'll That's I'll tough. fight you on that one because I think I think Yim just came back. She's still super popular. Jordan Grace is so over. I don't. I'll say this: it would be a real, a lot of hutzpah, real ballsy move to to turn Jordan Grace at this point. But
1: I mean, you know? she's like unless you're going to put her in the title program next with Tasha, she's kind of just.
2: Doing her own thing. But that's what I love about Jordan Grace, and that's why I don't think you need to turn her, is she is an incredible utility player yeah. for both divisions. Any division, I should say, because she mixes it up with the guys. You can put her with anyone in the tag team for the knockouts tag. Hell, put her put her with a guy and go after the tag titles. Like She is such a great utility player. She can do it all. Like She is an MVP for Impact Wrestling. Like This is why I love the knockouts division so much, is because I feel like they really do entrust the women who work at that company with so much and they kill it every time they run to the they run to the end zone and they score a a touch goal or whatever it is they call the it ball. in real sports i don't i don't watch real sports if it's not men in their underwear pretending to fight i'm not interested I'm i mean who,
1: if men aren't in their underwear it's not a sport that's what i'm saying too um also just while we're on the subject of jordan grace her husband jonathan gresham ring of Honor world champion will be in vaughn ontario this sunday for the vaughn pizza fest as part of destiny wrestling partner nice. company of impact wrestling so uh Definitely go check that out. Keep an eye. Hopefully I'll be uh, sneaking a picture with him holding that ring of honor championship. I'm hoping to get out to that.
2: Honestly, any chance you get to see Jonathan Gresham live, do it. I did it in the summer of 2019 and it blew my hair back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, a lot of the talent that works at Barry wrestling are going to be there. Von Vertigo, where's Alexi Nicole. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun show. Santino Morella, but uh, moving on ultimate X match probably the most famous match in impact wrestling history i think that's pretty safe to say yeah look at at the lineup in here ace austin kenny king speedball mike bailey trey miguel alex zane and jack evans who i just i didn't even realize jack evans snuck into this match so (laughs) holy moly what an addition to that in my opinion i think it's time for speedball mike bailey to get crowned the champion. I think, uh, I just feel like uh, the momentum is there. His match quality has been there. That guy, this guy might be the hardest working wrestler. Not just impact wrestling wrestler, but the hardest working wrestler. If you follow his social media, this guy is doing five shows a week. He, you know, his wrestle, Wrestlemania weekend, he had the most matches on the weekend. This guy is putting in the work. The momentum is there. The people are with him. I think it's time to crown this man the champion.
2: There's definitely a chance that speedball Mike Bailey could walk out of Nashville as X division champion I'll, I'll even go as far as to say there may be a good chance but I think that the champion as we know always has an ace up his sleeve and Ooh, I, I think it there. Uh, you know, every once in a while I get a good one uh, and you know now that he's also too sweet uh, I gotta go with Ace Austin man who in my opinion I think he's the future of that company. I think he is going to be the guy that Impact Wrestling will build around. I think he's the guy that's going to put that company on his back and carry it into the next 10 years. I get so much AJ Styles vibe off of Ace Austin, Mm -hmm. especially now. And with him joining Bullet Club and getting all kinds of great reviews from the best of the Super Juniors, he's got so much momentum right now. So I'll say this. If the plan is to move Ace Austin from the X division up to the heavyweight division, yeah, Speedball Mike Bailey probably the guy to walk away with it. Um, if not though, I think he's going to keep hold hold on to it because again, I think much like the Queen of the Mountain, I think there's a lot of stories to still be told in one on one encounters. We still haven't gotten like Ace Austin Mike Bailey one on one in a big match, and I think you put the belt on the line. That's that's a good one. Now Miguel. I've always been a big fan of Trey Miguel. He's another guy that reminds me of AJ Styles a lot in terms of his selling. I think he's the best seller on the roster right now. Um, very emotional guy, very athletic guy. I still kind of have some hopes that, uh, we might get a reunion sooner rather than later with one of his old treehouse friends, Possibility, which is maybe the only way that I would be okay with him not being like a big time single star in the company is, is if we get that reunion, um, but uh, yeah, I got to still go with the champ, man. I just, I, 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 in my mind and in my heart, I think it's it's Ace Austin all the way. Yeah, I mean,
1: a, a great. I ba- guess we'll find out. Ace, <laughs> Ace Austin, and I, I've said this on our show before, The because you mentioned and compared him to AJ Styles. Ace Austin, Josh Alexander, and TJP, to me, are our generation, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, and AJ Styles. Uh, in the series of matches they had, I think they brought the exhibition title back to that prestigious level that it was during that time period. And uh, I'm a big fan of Ace Austin. I would not have a problem if you're right on this one.
2: Well, I, uh, again, if you swap out to TJP with trade Miguel, I think you and I are on the same page with that one for sure. But for sure, regardless, and sure. no matter who wins the belt, though, the fans are the real winners.
1: And uh, of course, championship. You said the belt main event, Canadian, pride for sure especially if you're in the northern and southern ontario regions the original king of ontario indies as far as i'm concerned was showtime eric young i have pictures with himself myself him eating hot dogs in the sharon arena on an Indies show before indies were even a thing with tyson dukes and
2: that was probably his payoff too
1: that was probably his payoff absolutely and then you know the the parallels the parallels but oh we got to run in Max, Max the dog just fell onto my microphone. He's doing a run-in. All the um, Ontario
2: Windy Kings are coming after you. <laughs> Tyson it. Dukes just broke down nice, the studio door. Tyson
1: Dukes was not happy with me proclaiming uh, him the king. Um, uh, Josh Alexander, though, is the predecessor, in my opinion, to Eric Young because I think he's the guy that is the respected uh, independent guy until he signed with Impact Wrestling. He kind of picked up that torch and he was the guy that uh, people associated with the Ontario Indies. So it's really, really great to see both these guys in the main event. Uh, their upcomings are the exact same. Their respect for the businesses and, and that their peers have is the exact same. And they've never touched before. They've never worked one-on-one against each other.
2: I, um, I did not see this being the main event for Slammiversary. Last time we talked, we had thrown out a couple of different names. Jay White. We threw out Eddie Edwards as a name. I think I even said Jonah possibly could be in this spot. I did not see Eric Young coming. Like he just came out of left field for me on this one because he was so involved with the tag team scene. But as soon as it happened, as soon as he won the gauntlet for the gold, I thought, yep, that is absolutely the right call and the right choice. Because what we really have here is a generational clash. We have TNA and Impacts Wrestling's, you know, possibly one of their most loyal and well-known superstars against the man that they're clearly building as the flag bearer heading into the immediate future. What more appropriate main event could you have gotten from the people available on this roster? And I think that these two guys are going to give everything that they have for this match, because I think in their minds, they know the stack card they are up against. And I think they know that there is an opportunity here to impress people and to show Impact Wrestling why they should be talked about in the same breaths as AEW and New Japan and the WWE with presenting the best product out there. Absolutely. These these guys are going to give everything and and we are going to be the ones reaping the benefits as fans. Who's going to win again? I think the outcome is, is pretty obvious. It's going to be Josh Alexander. This is going to be a torch passing moment here. But fans are not going to care about the destination. This one's all about the journey. And the journey is going to be a bumpy ride, but it's going to be a, a hell of a one. Hell of a ride.
1: I think this match is going to be awesome. I've been an Eric Young fan forever. I think you nailed it. This is the right guy for this match um the history and the company from all the way dating back to don't fire eric to you know odb to underwear superhero eric like the guys let's not to, forget the, the league of league nations league, yeah like the, the band uh, he's done it all he's he's taken good stuff with that company he's taken shit with that company and and he's doing uh, as he said uh, as you heard earlier his, this is his favorite time that he's ever had in the business right now and he can still go in the ring. I think this is the perfect choice. I, I think Josh goes over. Josh has given me like Bret Hart vibes right now, where he's come through impact wrestling tag team champion, then the X division champion. Now the world champion. I, I don't think it's time to take the belt off Josh either, but uh, I do think that uh, all of Canada wins here. And I'm very proud of both of these guys for sure.
2: Yeah. It's, it's going to be a hell of a celebration to end the night on for sure. So in case you guys don't know, Uh, You can order the pay-per-view, ppv.com. You can get it through, I believe, some traditional pay-per-view providers as well. But the big one is Fight. That's how I order them. I order them through Fight. Um, Please, guys, look, I know that there are other ways to get pay-per-views. Please don't do that. Buy this pay-per-view. Even if you're curious, show your support for Impact Wrestling. Give them the buys because they deserve it. They worked so hard for the past 20 years. There's going to be surprises on there that's going to make you happy. There's going to be matches on there. I'm telling you guys, this is a pay-per-view you need to buy. It's going to blow people away, and you're going to be sitting there going, man, I really should have invested in that pay-per-view because it's worth it. Trust me on this one. Impacts,
1: Impact's batting a 1,000 this year on their big shows. They have not not delivered on one of them.
2: And, and they're not so big shows, too. Everything. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely, their storytelling every week is fantastic. They've created some of the best stars that you've seen in the last 20 years in any company, and I think that's what we're going to talk about right now. It's list that's time.
2: A, that was masterful. You listen. like
1: that? A tip of the cap to you, oh, sir. A tip of the impact. So uh, the uh, m Im, the cap. There you Im, go. <laughs> so
2: They're not all winners, folks, but you know you got to take your shots.
1: I should have uh, quit while I was ahead, right? That's but. All right. Uh, Why don't you you tell the people the criteria behind your list, explain
2: your list a little bit, and and let's dive into it. So we wanted to do something that honored the 20 years of Impact Wrestling. And one of the knocks that I've always heard, being a TNA fan and being an Impact fan was, well, they don't have any of their own stars. They just sign a bunch of WWE, XWWEers, XWCW guys, and it's just, uh, you know, they don't have their own identity. But nothing could be further from the truth and Impact Wrestling, TNA Wrestling, has done a great job of building some of the best-known wrestlers in the world today on their own home turf, and I wanted to honor that today. So what we're looking at today is we're going to look at the top seven homegrown heroes of the last 20 years of Impact Wrestling. Now, a couple of um, little conditions here, some criteria for the list. Number one, in order to make this list, you have to have been somebody who made their name in TNA or Impact. So, Sting's not on this list. Jeff Jarrett's not on this list. Kurt Angle's oh, not on this, this Samoa list. Joe. Samoa Joe is also not on this list. A lot of people might take some heat for that, but he, Christopher Daniels, both of those guys were guys that made their names in ring of honor That's primarily correct. before they made their names in, um, you know, in TNA or in impact wrestling. So You know, that's a big part of the criteria in terms of how we're going to rank them. There's a couple of things that, you know, I took into consideration. The first and foremost, of course, is how big of a star did they become in impact or TNA wrestling? But also one of the things that plays a factor is how were they received if they ever went elsewhere? Because that is a real good indication of, is this person a star or not? Were they successful once they left the company too? And you'll see that come into play with my, my list as well. So get ready to fire up them hate tweets. I'm all for it here. Uh, let's see what we got. Starting off at number seven, we're going to go to the top. Yeah, as in the current Impact World Champion, Josh Alexander is number seven on my list. Now, okay. I know some people are going to jump down my throat immediately and be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. The guy has only done... You know, a year as, you know, the top dog. He was kind of a tag team guy than that. He's never been anywhere else in terms of a major promotion. How can you put him on here? Well, let me tell you this. That's why he's at number seven on the list, because his potential is still untapped. He could end up being number one in a year's time if we were to do this, this uh, list a year later. Absolutely. But let's take a look at, you know, some of the things that got him where he is. You know, started off before he got into Impact. He was part of the Monster Mafia, which later morphed into the North um you know he was making a name on the indie scene but then he had his injury got cut short and he had to basically start from zero all over again building that reputation once he jumped in with ethan page back in impact wrestling he was considered one of the better tag teams and not only that but he's got the record the longest impact tag team championship reign ever Mm -hmm. um along with ethan page and several match of the year candidates during the last two years of his time in impact of course we got to talk about that Iron Man match with TJP. His recent world title victory with Moose was, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, a five-star classic. A lot of people saying that as well. His matches with Jonah, his matches with Minoru Suzuki, his matches with Christian Cage, uh, Tomohiro Ishii recently. Like the guy has just been on fire and is considered one of the best wrestlers in the world today. Absolutely. And I'm just talking, like if you make lists or you have people talking about who are the best in the world, Josh Alexander's name comes up. And he's when they're, and they're not talking, not talking guys in impact. They're saying he's one of the best wrestlers in the world yep. today. He's up there with AJ Styles. He's up there with Kenny Omega. He's up there with, you know, the hangman pages and the drew McIntyres and the Roman Re- people are saying Josh Alexander's name needs to be in that conversation. So you can't sit there and tell me that he is not a star and you can't sit there and tell me he's not a star because of what he's done in impact wrestling
1: hundred percent. I actually have him at my number six uh, in my list that I made. So we're, we're on the same page here.
2: I was worried you were gonna, I was going to catch some heat from you, right? Cause I no. know how much you guys love Josh, but no, the, I... the
1: credibility that he's brought to this company the, and I, I said it in our preview, the prestige that I think he's brought back to that exhibition title, which I think was lacking for many, many years. Josh is the guy that I think impact is really smart about building their company around.
2: In my first draft, he was an honorable mention. Uh, but for my second draft, I went back and I said, God, you know what? Just everything he's done in the last year, he's got to be on the list. Absolutely. So
0: he's,
2: he's got the number seven spot. All right. I know you're a fan of tag team wrestling. So I think you're going to be happy with my number six spot. At number six, I've got LAX. Wonderful. But which LAX? In this case... I'm going with Santana and Ortiz.
1: Yeah, they're on my list as well. I had them at my number four spot when I made this list.
2: All right. So I'm glad that our mindsets are kind of syncing up a little closer uh, than I thought we might. But this is great. You know, they really weren't known on the independence before signing with Impact uh, and working with Conan during their time there. And I know that when they first came in, it was kind of in a low period for Impact. So a lot of people don't even remember that they were kind of there. But the thing is that while they were there, they really established themselves as a top team. You know, they had matches against uh, the original LAX or the OGs, as they were known, Homicide and Hernandez and Eddie Kingston. Um, Had some great tag team rivalries with OVE and the Lucha Brothers over the tag team championships. Of course, um, a
1: ladder match at Rebellion.
2: That was I was going to say they main evented one of Impact's best ever pay-per-views. Uh, hands down at Rebellion. If you don't believe me, get Impact Plus and go watch it. I'll fight you on that one. Um, But I think where the proof is in the pudding on this one is when they showed up in AEW. When they showed up in AEW and they joined the the inner circle, huge reaction. People knew who they were. And you can't say that it was from any other places that they've been because Impact was their home. People knew who Santana and Ortiz was, and they knew who they were because of impact wrestling
1: yeah that's the reason why they made my number four actually is based on that criteria um just the uh, the reaction the, and the the success they've had outside of impact it's 100 percent due to impact and i mean if you're standing beside chris jericho every week and holding your own you're getting my respect
2: absolutely moving on to number five i'm going with another current roster uh member the virtuosa diana oh Carano. okay okay i like this So I know there may be a little bit of controversy here. Some people may make the argument that she became a star in Ring of Honor or NXT, but here's why I'm going to argue against that. In Ring of Honor, she was definitely there, and she did work a lot, but I wouldn't have classified her as a star. And I would definitely say that she gained a reputation as a good woman's wrestler. There was some excitement about her coming over to NXT, but it really was not outside of the women's wrestling fandom like she people were excited about her going to nxt but just because oh she's a pretty good worker but she was never in any main storylines in ring of honor she wasn't a star there she was just a good hand kind of thing i don't think you could have picked her out of a lineup no now when she jumped over to nxt you know she had some good matches in the myc but i would honestly say if anything her time in nxt kind of devalued her 100%
1: she did enhancement work for the most part
2: which is another reason why I think she belongs on the list because man when she showed up in 2020 she just blew everybody away and went on a dominating streak I remember at the time because this was a big debate between myself and my friends a lot of people were questioning impact wrestling giving her the championship right out the gate when she had not signed with the company I heard everybody say, did you learn nothing from Tessa Blanchard? And I said, trust them. They know what they're doing. And of course, as we all know, because of the opportunities that Diana was given, she did sign with Impact Wrestling. And now she's not only one of their most loyal supporters, but easily one of their biggest stars. Uh, one of, if not the best women's wrestling division in North America. And she is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Not only hanging with those women, but thriving with them by the end of 2020. She, er, she was not only a two-time impact knockouts world champion, wrestler of the year, not knockout of the year, wrestler yep. of the year. And well-deserving. The, absolutely. And not only that, but she is considered one of the best women's wrestlers today. Again, much like the Josh Alexander thing, the conversation around who is the best in the world, Deonna's name keeps being brought up. As a matter of fact, despite all the forbidden door stuff happening everywhere else, what is the biggest dream match in women's wrestling right now?
1: Diana and Britt Baker.
2: Diana and Britt Baker. It's not Diana, or it's not Britt Baker and Charlotte Flair. It's not Britt Baker and Becky Lynch. It's not Becky Lynch and whoever it is. It's Britt Baker and Diana perrazzo She's in that conversation. So you know, competition in women's wrestling is incredibly fierce, and Diana has cut through that competition, not just in Impact, but everywhere, and a lot of that has been made possible by the platform that Impact is given her. So that's why I felt like she deserved to be on the list. Uh,
1: no arguments for me and no controversies for me because I had to ask you guys if she was in Ring of Honor. I didn't know. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, she probably had a respectable run there, but it's not one that made – and I, I like to consider myself a pretty hardcore wrestling fan. If I didn't know you were doing something, uh, yeah, she's that's less worthy as far as I'm concerned.
2: I'm actually going to get your help to introduce the number four spot. Okay. Cause there's kind of a, there's kind of a little bit of a, uh, what do you call it? A call and answer here. So I'm going to do the first part and I'm going to want you to do the second part with me. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Number four. Beer. Money. Hell yeah. Your number
1: four is my number two. And I thought I was so clever by combining these guys together to get an extra. <laughs> that is
2: the main reason that I put <laughs> yeah. it on here. Because I had, I I had be America's Most
1: Wanted. Down. I had America's Most Wanted on my original list. And then I was like, eh, I'm going to go with beer money instead.
2: The number four, three, and two spot have interchanged in each of those spots several times over the last hour before we went to broadcast. So this one was a hard time. But yes, I am cheating a little because I wanted to put both James Storm and Bobby Roode on here. Uh, Before they got on to to Impact Wrestling or TNA at the time, both were kind of independent unknowns. Bobby was doing dark matches for WWE. He was on their radar, but he hadn't been called up. Jeff Jarrett has famously said on My World, which is, uh, you know, probably the second best wrestling podcast out there, uh, that uh, he couldn't believe it. And he said, like, why is this guy not signed? We got to sign him um rude and storm ended up becoming tag champions first against each other in america's most wanted and team canada and then together as uh, beer money but both rude and storm would also go on to become tna world champions and would both headline some of the biggest pay-per-views in the company history with genuine legends of the business famously storm had a tag match against the great muda which headlined bound for glory in 2014 and of course bobby rude versus sting at 2012 so that's officially 10 years ago um these Bob, guys is, is
1: bobby rude is he not the longest reigning impact wrestling world heavy champion
2: i believe he does hold that distinction as well now yes and i mean both of these guys were incredible homegrown talents for the company obviously we have seen what both men have been able to go on to do with their careers after impact james storm becoming a national champion in the nwa he's become a little bit of a wrestling nomad he's traveled from place to place and it, i would say that he probably hasn't had as much success outside of the ring as his beer money counterpart bobby Roode, who has of course got on to become nxt world champion It's US kind of glorious
1: Canada.
2: it has been a little glorious for him for sure but obviously a lot of that stuff has its roots in tna and in impact wrestling and i want to say that these guys deserve that spot over america's most wanted because while america's most wanted definitely became one of the best, if not the best tag team in the world because of their time in TNA. I think that if you combine these two guys, their shelf life was a lot longer than AMW. And I think in the end, they became bigger than Storm overclips America's Most Wanted. And Bobby Roode, of course, I'd say would probably eclipse all of Team Canada, save for one, which we might talk about a little bit. Uh, but that's my number four. Any kind of any. What's your reaction to number four?
1: I mean, mm-hmm. if you're combining them together, I have them my number two just based on Bobby Roode's title run alone, and that sure. like that's like just taking James Storm out of the equation in general. Like Bobby Roode is a guy that that is a top three player on his own. You combine that tag team together, and, and especially look at James Storm, who when when you talk about homegrown talent, James Storm is. Homegrown as homegrown gets. He was doing work at what NWA Wildside. Bob Ryder discovered him, and Chris Harris put them together. If you want to hear all about that, you can go into the archives and find our Chris Harris interview. Uh, cheap plug at counted out seven. Subscribe to our YouTube page. But uh, yeah, I these guys they need to be on your list. I, I I'm going to hear your justification for other guys in other places. I won't judge because I know how hard this top three is going to be.
2: Uh, yeah, it definitely did give me some trouble and uh, i think that's where we need to come in with number 3 because if you're ready for some trouble 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 well then ladies and gentlemen e c 3
1: okay see to me he was a wwe guy so i didn't think about ec3 now he was a terrible so, wwe guy but yes
2: you cannot tell me that he was a star in NXT redemption for the you know 67 weeks that that third season was on there. They paired him with Daniel Bryan and the guy could not get over.
1: Checks in America, baby.
2: There's no way you can look at that guy and say he was a star in the WWE. No way. In fact, when he did debut in TNA, people were like, who is this guy? We don't know who he is. And that's the reason why I got to put him on this list and at number three. Took the ball, ran with it as far as he could and became a genuine star. Held his own against Sting, Kurt Angle, Bobby Lashley, Bully Ray, Drew Galloway, Matt Hardy. Genuine, fide legends. And while he was on top, dude never took a back step. And I think what I, I personally feel is one of the biggest factors as to why this guy needs to be so high on my list. When he returned to WWE, it wasn't Derek Bateman. He was EC3. And I'm he was there. EC3 in every way. They did not change anything about him because they knew what he had become in TNA was more valuable than whatever they could have come up with.
1: Do you think that Vince knew that the C stood for Carter? <laughs>
2: no, not a chance.
1: <laughs> Absolutely not.
2: He's yeah. too busy chasing his secretaries and paralegals.
1: He's got to get that memoir, goddammit. damn it. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't argue it, man. I, I kind of classified him because I had heard from WWE. I get what you're saying, so I won't fight you on this because I respect it a lot. I, I'm going to give beer money ahead of him still, but uh, the, the point you made about him going to WWE as EC3, you can't sleep on that at all. And great stuff with Rockstar Spud. Got to throw that in
2: there. Amazing. Yes, of course. I, I wish they were still together right now.
1: I'm, in, um, I'm intrigued for your, for your next couple because uh, there, there's two names that I had on my list. That, and, and obviously, I think our number ones are going to be in sync. I don't think there's a question about it. Yeah. But uh, there's a couple names that I had on my list that uh, I, I'm kind of intrigued to hear about why they didn't make your list. So give me your number two.
2: Well, we started this list with one half of the main event of Slammiversary on Sunday. And we're going to go to number two with the other half of the main event my number two spot is eric young
1: don't fire eric
2: do not fire eric and don't leave him off the list baby before signing with tna like you said man king of the ontario indie scene but still a pretty unknown talent outside of uh ontario Mm -hmm. and becomes a multiple tag team champion for nwa and tna and holds the world championship in 2014 and of course in 2020 but where I think Eric Young really stood out and became a star was the fact that he could be and was slid into any position on the card, with anybody on the card, and he delivered. He worked programs with Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, the NWO was coming in? Oh, okay, let's just put Eric Young with them. Main Event Mafia needs somebody to work against? Cool. Eric Young fits the bill. Now we're going to give him his own faction so we can get all these international guys over? Sure, why not? Put him in a comedy tag team with ODB? Yeah, Eric Young could do that. Why not?
1: One of my favorite (laughs) Eric Youngs.
2: I mean, the guy has been so incredibly versatile that when he showed up in NXT, everybody popped. They knew exactly who he was. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that impact wrestling allowed the guy to get over by doing as much as he wanted to do. You know, we talked earlier about impact wrestling, rolling the dice on match types and how that really separates them and makes them something different and special, but they do that with talent too. They let them go out there and just really explore this space and really let them be artists. And Eric Young is the kind of guy that has that, TNA impact seal of approval stamped all over him so that no matter where he goes I think that's how people think of him he's an impact guy he's a TNA guy and that's how people know him so you know I know that you could make some arguments that some other guys belong in that number two spot but honestly I think for just the longevity and the impact pun intended that he's had on that company and the and vice versa that the company's had on him he's got to be number two
1: I mean, I respect it for sure. Um, I've still got beer money as my number two. And I I had Eric uh, at my number four, number five spot somewhere in there, Uh, just with the criteria of success outside of the company. People know who he was and he gained that respect from impact, but uh, sanity, what could have been with them? They were booked so great in NXT. The main roster call up was disappointing, Uh, but you look at violent by design now. And Eric even said it uh, earlier on the show, the, the best time he's had in his career from a Homer standpoint, Eric young is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He is, he was my guy forever when he was, before he was an impact. I remember seeing him in impact for the first time, freaking out, like, Oh my God, it's Eric young. Like, so I, I love, I love that. He's on this list. He absolutely deserves to be on this list. And, and I think he's one of the most underrated talents in the last 20 years in any company.
2: And that brings us to one, and there could be only one, a phenomenal one. Absolutely. Hey, Jay styles has to be the number one pick. I mean, I think even today people think of him as a TNA guy or an impact guy, despite the fact that he hasn't been with the company since 2014.
1: It's crazy that he's been gone that long and he, and he yeah. does. Yeah, you're right. My heart a little bit. Honestly. You're right. And, and, he he was Mr. He was like their sting, you know what I mean? He didn't yes. leave for so long and, and he didn't want to leave either. I, mm-hmm. I, I remember that, you know. I don't know how you don't pay a guy like him, you know. I know times were tough at that time period, but like this is AJ freaking styles, man. Like
2: And I think that really goes to show why the dude is number one, because even when the company itself didn't realize the star they had created, I'll tell you something, the rest of the world fucking knew. Look because, at his Royal
1: Rumble appearance.
2: Ah, uh, even before that, comes into Japan and on his first night in New Japan, becomes world champion. And just, yeah, cleans out and just becomes world champion. First night in the company. You think that they would put the world title on that guy first night in the company if he wasn't a star?
1: Especially a yeah. guy Jing too. Like that's not a yeah. thing. That's not a thing in New Japan. Like you know, you unless you're a guy like Vader, like or you know, even Scott. Like Scott Norton was their champion, Kurt Angle, but Kurt Brock Angle, C- kind of Brock Lesnar, kind of that was kind of controversial territory. But like, it man, yeah, yeah, it, it does count. I'll give it to you, but 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 for the respect the wrestling world has for a guy like AJ Styles, like. Uh, we could sit here and do a, a, a seven-part best of AJ Styles, seven countdown, yeah, anything, I'm, right?
2: I'm, I'm, I'm down. Right? That could be the <laughs> summer bad.
1: series every week. I don't think we could run out of a topic for almost a year to talk about AJ Styles. The guy's one of the greatest of all time.
2: Absolutely. And, I mean, let's be honest. The guys fought every major star in the company's history, some of the biggest matches in the company's history. And even today, 20 years later, baby, Royal Rumble, Bobby Roode, AJ Styles, sit down in the ring together. What are the fans chanting? TNA, TNA, TNA. And there's a reason for that, man. And they didn't chant it when Bobby was in there with anybody else. AJ Styles. Yeah. Because he's Mr. TNA.
1: Absolutely, so, man.
2: So, you know, he is the greatest example. And even back when people were making fun of TNA, they'd be like, well, oh, name one guy TNA's made. Don't say AJ Styles because he's because they he's can't the, deny
1: it because he's the best wrestler in the world always you
2: can't deny it so Absolutely. of course number one had to be the phenomenal
1: one i'm with you man i'm with you 100 percent. i love the list i love everything about it there are two names there there are two names and like one like i wish i could have put on the list but i just couldn't but to honor impact you know what i mean um, Well, i do
2: have a couple of honorable mentions as well
1: let, let's see I, I had frankie kazarian on my list
2: Interesting. Just okay. because
1: of uh, not only he was definitely made an impact wrestling, but the success he's had in the wrestling world after Impact, whether it be Ring of Honor or AEW, I just think he, he was at my number seven spot.
2: So I'm gonna I'm gonna say something a little controversial, and I hope that I don't get too much hate from Kazarian fans because I am a Kazarian fan. I love the guy, and I honestly think I honestly think he's better now than he's ever been. Truly, I believe that. If you don't think I'm being accurate. Go watch his stuff he's doing on Dark. Yeah, This guy's outshining the top performers on the cable television shows every week. He's amazing. I don't think Frankie Kazarian would have gotten into AEW if he didn't have Christopher Daniels and Scorpio Sky with him mm-hmm. as SoCal Uncensored. Mm-hmm. And I think those guys really became stars as a unit in Ring of Honor, and in PWG and New Japan, I don't think it was their time in Impact. I do think the genesis of it was an Impact with bad influence.
1: Yeah, yeah, because Frank, Absolutely. I don't, I don't think Frankie gets in that spot without being an Impact though.
2: I yes, I think that's true as well. But I think that that's more of, I think it is a SoCal thing. I don't yeah. think it's an Impact thing. I think those guys have rode the roads together, and it evolved from it. So I think Impact is the starting point. But I don't think they become stars until Fair. post-Impact. That's just my opinion. That's my take. And that's why I wouldn't have put Frankie on.
1: I'll give you my other name. Nick Aldis was um, uh, just the success he's had you know, in Impact and outside of Impact. Uh, he's one of the greatest NWA champions in the, la- well, the last 50 years, probably. But uh, he- he's a fantastic uh, champion. I-, I really think that's all because of Impact Wrestling as well.
2: So I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit here and reveal that uh, we do talk about the list before we go on air, but not in a complete uh, worked way. We don't like, like Tyler genuinely does not know who's on my list or where I'm putting the, the, the numbers, but we do talk about the criteria and we do throw names out there and we say, well, what about this guy? What about this guy? Would he, would he qualify or would she qualify or would they qualify? Those conversations do happen. And you son of a bitch, you threw Magnus's name out there. And I had not given two thoughts to Magnus on the list. And then you said, oh, yeah, he's good here. He fits this. And son of a bitch, I had to go back and I really had to think. And like, am I going to put him on the list? Am I not going to put him on the list? And eventually I decided not, obviously. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. For as much as Impact Wrestling tried to make nick aldis a star i don't think he did fair i i think he became a situation where they wanted to make him a star but either the timing wasn't right or he wasn't ready or he wasn't at that level or impact botched it whatever it was i don't think nick aldis became a star because of impact i think nick aldis made himself
1: fair fair i
2: i think nick aldis is a self-made superstar. That is a guy that left the company, busted his ass all over the world and made it his mission to bring prestige back to the NWA championship. And I think that is the thing that has made him a star today is that people are like, yeah, man, that's the guy that revived the NWA. Uh That's the dude that brought the NWA back from the dead twice. Yeah. Like like resurrected the zombified corpse of the NWA. That's I think his legacy. I don't think it's Impact World Champion, Nick Aldis, or Tag Team Champion, IWG IWGP Junior Tag Champ—all good stuff. But I think that if he never did anything after Impact, he'd be a footnote in history. I think he made himself a star by by resurrecting the NWA and carrying that company on his back.
1: Can't argue it. Can't argue it. The last name I want to say—they wouldn't make my list—but I just think if you're talking about Impact um, people that were needle movers, I just want to give a little shout to the beautiful people. I thought they did a great, great, great run in Impact Wrestling wouldn't make my list but they, they were the highest rated segment every week on impact
2: the thought did cross my mind um and the reason that i decided ultimately not to go with the beautiful people is that because despite the success they found in impact and in tna i found that they really didn't have the same effect elsewhere um and just not even in a well if they had done a little bit more with them or maybe the backstage politics hadn't worked against them, they just didn't really do anything else. They, they couldn't replicate yeah. that same kind of success. And um, I, and that's the only reason, but they certainly, they were stars because of impact wrestling and because of TNA, the, the only one that I honestly would think that I would place in the category of even considering would be Madison. Ray, And that's, that's- simply because of her longevity and what she's been able to take that starting point. And molded into over her career. So, I do have a couple of honorable mentions that uh, actually haven't been brought up by either of us yet. So, I just want to quickly go through some of those real quick and uh, just kind of tell you maybe why they didn't make the list, but I still thought were ranked high. The first one is one that I know Mike has been fuming about all episode because he brought it up in our chat and we haven't talked about him yet. And that's the alpha male Monty Brown.
1: Oh, okay. He's not list-worthy, Mike. Get all that. You know, he's not list-worthy, but great talent.
2: I think that there could be a case made that he was a star in TNA. And speaking of stars, the Lucy the Cat. I know that a, an argument could be made that uh, Monty Brown was a star in TNA, but I feel like he, there's just not enough evidence to back it up based upon what he did in WWE. He came in. He definitely was, I would say, the first real t- established TNI, TNA guy to jump ship to WWE, but he just didn't do enough, I think, in either company to warrant being on the list.
1: As Randy Savage would say, cup of coffee, oh
2: yeah. Uh, another guy that I want to put on my honorable mentions is Abyss. Yeah, Obviously, great small following on the Indies, especially in hardcore federations really helped, I think, TNA stand out in a lot of ways because he brought hardcore elements to the company when other companies were not willing to be violent. And I mean, just look at some of the names the guy worked with. Sting, Christian Cage, AJ Styles, Hulk Hogan. Literally, like, almost all of them Hall of Famers, or in the case of AJ Styles, will be Hall of Famers one Mm day. Um, You know, Established Decay, had some of the most creative matches ever with the Broken Hardys. And, of course, back in the early days of TNA, There were rumors that WWE was trying to pursue him off and on throughout his entire career. So why isn't he on the list then? Um, I think it simply comes down to the fact that the guy never even left and got a chance to show if he had established that star status outside of the company. He did some spots with Ring of Honor, but, you know, nothing. He's part of embassy
1: for a bit there, right?
2: Yeah, but I mean, they were just kind of spots. For yeah. Um,
1: if you were making a list and it was just straight up homegrown talent of Impact Wrestling and not their Impact, you know, if they did leave, I think Abyss is my number three.
2: He he definitely he's, he's, again, it, but that's I, a I different
1: can, list, right?
2: If people put him on the list and said like, he shouldn't, he should be on the list. I can see where they're making their arguments. He was a tough one to leave off, honestly. And the yeah. last honorable mention that I want to mention is a guy that started off the first draft at number five. And by the end, didn't make it. And I'm talking about Chris Saban. Okay. Real Sabin. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You could, you you could know, group him in. Well, I guess Shelly kind of made his name in Ring of Honor, but.
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing. I didn't want to put them as the machine guns, even though I think most people would kind of list Sabin as a tag team guy with the machine guns. I know I certainly kind of consider him a tag team guy with, with Alex Shelly. But Alex Shelly, I couldn't put on the list because he definitely became a star in Ring of Honor way before he became a star in TNA. And, you know, while Saban, you know, had gotten a little bit of attention winning the Super 8, he was still kind of an unknown indie guy, but he really did help define what the X Division was all about in the early days of TNA. And of course, you know, revolutionized tag team wrestling with Alex Shelley, put on Mm -hmm. some of the best tag team matches in wrestling with Beer Money in their Best Of series. And let's be honest, you know, there's not a lot of tag teams out there today, especially some of the ones that you see on Wednesdays that can say, ah, you know. Motor City Machine Guns didn't influence me. Yeah, sure they did.
3: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: All those big-time, super-indie tag teams that you're seeing right now who work that style, they can thank Chris Saban and Alex Shelley for that. Absolutely. Um, You know, defeat Bully Ray to become a TNA world champion – and still, one of the most recognizable stars in the company. Yeah, I I just felt like when I looked at Diana and I looked at LAX and I looked at Josh, I was like, ah, I just feel like they 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 should have those spots over over Saban. But he was the hardest one to to put off off the Fair. list.
1: Fair. I'm gonna rapid fire you a couple here, and then we'll then we'll bring it home. Um, Fair. Petey Williams.
2: Petey Williams, uh, incredible homegrown talent. But, but nothing outside of that. I don't. You know, I hate to say it because I know he's not a one move wonder, but I think at the end of the day, that's how people are going to remember him. Like, if you look at his pure TNA Impact Wrestling career, they're just oh, the guy who did the Canadian Destroyer. Yeah, which is a shame. He deserves better than that. Um, but I think, yeah, that's unfortunate. I think what his legacy is going to be, even with everything he did in, in Impact TNA.
1: Awesome Kong.
2: Too short. Yep. Of a run. And unfortunately, not her fault. Politics played a huge part in her leaving the company. I think if Awesome Kong had stuck around with Impact and TNA, I think she would be on the list of like the great, one of the greatest of all time. And Absolutely. there are still people who put her on that list today, even with the stops, starts, and stops that she did. But again, if you look at the way that she was treated when she came into WWE, She was a star, baby. Although I would also say that there would be people out there who would say, "And Japan, motherfucker, she was she was a star in Japan. She was a big deal in Japan long before she got the impact in TNA." So I could also see that argument being made.
1: Last one, uh, just for pure TNA and Impact, uh, Don West.
2: Yeah, man, original and a big time star all the way to the all the way to the end. Uh, I mean, a star. Here's here's what I'll say: a star with the fans. But probably more importantly, a star to practically everybody else who knew him in the business, at least from what I can gather from interviews and articles and everybody who's spoken about Don West is that the guy was a superstar human being. And uh, I don't care where you develop that. uh, That's what's important in life.
1: And, uh, you know, he's not doing well right now. So if anyone has an extra couple cents that they can donate to his GoFundMe campaign. Hold on one second
2: i'll just fill them in he's got to go fund me he's having some some hard times medically uh but you know don west he's just waiting till that 2.99 seconds before he kicks out and uh sometimes you know they need a little a little hand with getting that shoulder up there so if anybody can donate to his GoFundMe and help don west finally get that shoulder off the mat because we all know he's going to but boy howdy we all know that uh you could use a hot tag right now from the public. So if y'all want to stick your hands out and put, put your wallet in your hands and then stick it out, that would really be helpful for the, for the family right now.
1: And thank you for covering me as Max the dog chewed through Lucy the cat's harness, and I am recording outside tonight, so I had to make sure my cat did not run away there. It's I think pandemonium that's pandemonium
2: here, and it's going to be pandemonium on Sunday. That's
1: right. There's the best segue. Let's go ahead and take it home tonight. Adam, thank you so much, not only for joining me today, but for helping us out, stepping in, taking care of the Gail Kim interview. Again, fantastic stuff you did there. Uh, do you have any last words you want to say before uh, before we take it home?
2: I just want to say a couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, if you're going to happen to be in my neck of the woods in Northern Ontario in the next little while and you'd like Impact Wrestling, July 7th in Sudbury, Ontario, um, Rock Solid Wrestling, going to be part of the Italian Festival there. Cody Deaner is going to be in action, uh, former Impact Tag Team Champion. And also, if you're going to be in North Bay, July the 10th, um, Ontario Wrestling Elite is going to be presenting their first ever event. And Josh Alexander, the current Impact, and I still believe after, come July 10th, the will also be reigning Impact World Champion, uh, will be in the main event of the show. So if you like Impact Wrestling, check those out. And more importantly, if you're not an Impact fan, if maybe you were and your love for them waned, as mine did, at points in history but you haven't had that one show that has brought you back into the fold and, and returned you to the flock if you will for me it was rebellion 2019 and for any of you listening to this and you're not sure i want it to be Slamiversary 2022 yep. so please 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 support this show Plunk down the money for it you're not going to regret it
1: absolutely um Thank you again. And, and, you know, next week we're going to kind of keep it a little bit of impact theme as well. Because uh, Mike and I, I, I'm bringing Mike Mike back next week. Just for one week, we snuck this in. Uh, If you checked out our YouTube page, you see a clip that's up right now. We're going to be joined by current Impact Wrestling writer, Jimmy Jacobs, former Ring of Honor five-time world champion. An amazing conversation that he gave us. Uh, I can't wait for everybody to hear this. We're going to talk about everything from Ring of Honor to Impact, to his thoughts on AEW, to uh, the list of Jericho, to Vince McMahon, and all everything in between, he gives us. You're the forgetting the
2: most yeah. important part of his career. I want to hear all about doing it for her. D I. What's how's it doing it? D I F T or <laughs> from the short-lived but beloved Wrestling Society X. That's the that's the stuff I want to listen to, even I, though I'm a huge Impact head. Man, Wrestling Society X is fascinating to me, so that's the stuff I want to (laughs) hear.
1: I will give you a small spoiler. Mike does ask him about it, and his answer may last longer than Wrestling Society X did. It was a a fun answer that he gave us. So I uh, can't wait, baby. It's in there. It's in there. Um, Adam, do you want to do the honors of being Mike tonight and taking us home?
2: Boy, would I ever. On behalf of Mike, uh, who's not with us, Max, who almost destroyed the show, uh, Lucy the Cat, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make it an extreme. I'm gonna call her Lucy the fucking cat today because she was she was the star today, uh, and of course, Tyler, uh, go watch Slammiversary, And we've all been counted out. Cheers.